0: Hey there, what's up, Warriors? It is Jeff from WarriorLife.com, and welcome to podcast episode number 354. So it's time for another tactical smackdown, where I offer an alternative perspective on the latest firearm fanboy trends out there to help you make a more educated decision about how you approach your own self-protection plan. And this week, I've got your pistol-mounted flashlight in my sights. Let's talk tactics. Tactical Firearms Training urban survival, close quarters combat. Welcome to the show that helps you better prepare for any threat you may face in your role as a protector and a patriot. This is the Warrior Life Podcast. Hey, welcome back. This is Jeff Anderson, Executive Director at warriorlife.com with another podcast to help you better prepare for any threat you may face in your role as a protector and a patriot. And yes, if you have been following us for any amount of time, you know I like to challenge tradition. What You know, what I find is that too often people just get trapped into thinking that just because some internet guru or a Navy SEAL said that this is the way he shoots or this is the ammo he chooses or this is the way he holds his gun or fights with a knife or picks his nose or whatever it is, then that must be the best way to do it, right? I guess I, just, I don't think I have that fanboy gene in me because the very first thing I do whenever I hear any kind of strategy, no matter what it is, I always say prove to me that it works in the real world. And case in point, does anybody remember the speed rock method where in close quarters ambushes, you've got your handgun and you, it's at your hip and you kind of lean back away from the attacker, like back on the heels, like you're uh, like getting ready to do a backflip. Uh, that, like, that was kind of like the big fanboy move for a while. It just it never made any sense to me, right? I never understood why people got into it, and eventually it got outed as, why would you do this? It doesn't really make any sense. From my perspective, you should challenge everything that you see, hear, read, watch, whatever. And you need to look at these things from a common sense street level approach and consider your own personal application of those strategies to your own personal plan. It doesn't matter whether it's self-defense moves or survival or firearms applications, whatever it is. And frankly, that includes anything that I tell you also. I mean, I I mean, I'm not without any sort of like, I, I can't be put under the microscope. Absolutely, I should be because all of the techniques that I train, I've already put under the microscope. Now, with that being said, I've subscribed to a few of these firearm Reddit pages out there, and one of the things that I do like about this community is that it's relatively a safe place in order to really kind of put your cojones on the chopping block, and you can get honest, non-judgmental advice on the practicality of strategies that you might be using. So I'm talking about things like in the firearms Reddit pages and things like that, or it could apply to any sort of like a an, an internal community, like a like a a forum a facebook group that you that you really like any place except for probably like you know youtube which seems to be just a just a meeting place for idiots and 13 year olds who have just been playing call of duty too many times but one of the biggest things that i've been seeing on these reddit pages are people videotaping themselves drawing their handgun for concealed carry and asking for feedback on ways to improve it. Now most of the time this is done from like a newbie handgun owner or somebody that just started getting into concealed carry or they just want to kind of show off. Because most of the time people that are doing this they're young, they're they're decked out in like a cool patriotic t-shirt and lo and behold when that smoke wagon gets yanked out of that holster, you can pretty much be damn sure it's going to be decked out in the latest and greatest gadgets and gizmos from red dot sights to weapon mounted flashlights, all the way down to like the customized Punisher Skull hand grip logo they've got on their Glock somewhere. Well, I can't challenge all of these gizmos in one podcast, so this week I thought I'd give you my humble opinion on weapon-mounted flashlights, specifically for concealed carry, because I'm seeing these pop up all over the place. And I know that there's a lot of tactical operators out there that use them, police officers that use them. Specifically, I'm talking about for concealed carry, typically for civilian, but, you know, for for undercover police officers also. The non-duty-weapon-wearing um, wearing weapon-wearing, uh, person is what I'm saying. Now, let it first be known that generally I am a big fan of weapon-mounted flashlights for the right purposes and on the right equipment. I mean, I own several myself for various weapon platforms, and without question, the easiest way to engage a target in low light is with a weapon-mounted light, because you don't have to simultaneously coordinate the direction of the light and your weapon at the same time, as you would if you had like a flashlight held in your support hand instead. And I know several instructors that are inside of our warrior life network that we have who also use weapon mounted lights and yes even for concealed carry but let me go ahead and give you my top 10 reasons I don't use a pistol mounted flashlight for any of my concealed carry hand- handguns again don't take my word for it folks don't take my word for it consider these reasons yourself and make your own decisions in fact Frankly, I love it when people challenge me on my reasons, and I'm, I'm always the first to admit when I'm wrong, because all I care about is being the best protector that I can possibly be. So if you have a better approach than I do, or if there's something that I'm not seeing, by all means, you're doing me a favor. You're doing my family a favor, those that I love and protect, by sharing your advice, which I invite you to do wherever you see this episode. You can go over to warriorlifepodcast.com, where our, our podcasts are or any of our blog posts over at warriorlife.com, but I want people to challenge me. Um, Before we get going here, so spoiler alert, if you haven't already realized my position on this topic, I don't recommend attaching a light to your carry gun. Um, So you don't have to listen to these if you don't want to, but I think if there's any sort of like a, you get in any sort of any tactical fanboy conversation with anybody down at the local range or the gun store or whatever that these reasons any of these reasons could be a good decision uh for reasons not to have one and so they could give you a little bit of ammunition if you're if i don't convince you like if you have a weapon mounted light these hopefully will convince you of why you shouldn't or you can convince me that i should but i think having 10 reasons is kind of pretty overwhelming i don't know but in any case if you just love the sound of my voice as much as i do wink wink uh then let's move on to my top 10 reasons why i don't recommend a weapon mounted flashlight all right i'm going to run through these as quick as i can so we won't take up much time but uh tip or, or reason number one for one they add weight and bulk to your weapon and that can make it less comfortable for you to wear and if it's less comfortable, comfortable to, for you to wear, you might not wear it. And that's the first rule of a gunfight is to have your gun, right? Bring a gun. Uh, but it could also print more under certain types of clothing. So if you're wearing your weapon inside the waistband, especially it's going to that added bulk is going to perhaps give off to a potential attacker out there that you are armed. Uh, I'm not too worried about printing myself. And in fact, somebody made a comment in one of um. And it was one of the i don't know if it was a video i had or on youtube or whether it was one of our blog posts but um, somebody made a good comment like they don't really worry about printing all that much uh because un- unless it's too, like if you're at the grocery store and you're reaching up to the top level for that box of captain crunch then you know you might your weapon might show and and uh but you know people understand that people are in concealed carry if you are re- reaching for captain crunch you're probably not an active shooter i don't know if that's like legit but It's my opinion, anyway. Anyway, it's going to add more weight in bulk. I guess is the short answer. So, uh, tip number or reason number two. Sorry about that. uh, Weapon mounted. uh, I'm sorry. Yeah, weapon mounted lights. They they need a specialized holster that's going to accommodate the light, which with a concealed handgun is going to most likely be directed uh, or directly underneath the barrel. So that's where the light's going to be. And so the holster that accommodates it is likely going to have more real estate in that area. And if you carry appendix carry like I do, that likely means that you're going to have to shift your weapon further toward your center line to avoid the holster digging into your groin. Now, I've begun wearing my weapon more to my center line also. So that's mostly for indexing purposes so that I know where that handgun is. I also find that most holsters really have way too much real estate there already. So the part of the holster ends up Digging into your uh, to your groin more, but with a weapon-mounted light, it's going to add even more real estate there to to keep a rigidity to the uh, to the holster and and be able to accommodate that light. So this might not be an issue for you. It may be an issue for you. Uh, you might be able to pretty much adjust how you carry and how you draw. That's those are totally fine to be able to do that. But it's just something to think about there. All right. Reason number three: Your gun is only good to you if you can get to it and get it out in time to engage your attacker. If I identify a threat, personally, I don't want any more real estate than I need to clear my holster than is necessary. So the added bulk of that flashlight could get hung up on the holster, clothing, or whatever. Like I want the least amount of gun to be able to take out of the holster as I possibly can. So less is more when it comes to the overall size of what I'm deploying. Adding that light just gives you more more you've got to clear. Reason number four is that a flashlight isn't just for spotlighting your target when you've got your handgun out. It's a preventative tool to make sure that you are not making yourself a target at all. So I like to use a flashlight if I'm going out to my car, even if it's a you know if it's at nighttime, which is when we know that most attacks happen in low light because bad guys want to be able to get as close to you as possible, and they can use the darkness to be able to get there. You're going to be you're gonna be easier to ambush in those kinds of situations, right? Well, I use my flashlight to be, even in well-lit parking garages, to show potential bad guys that I am alert. Like I'm not the guy you wanna you wanna ambush because I'm more aware. If I've got my flashlight and I'm looking around, and I'm spotlighting around vehicles, I'm not walking close to the to the vehicles so to give them, you know, I want to give myself some reaction distance there. Somebody's going to look at that and say, well, one, if they're not a bad guy, they probably think you're paranoid. I don't really give a shit. But the bad guys are going to say, "Oh, that person is aware. They're most likely, you know, they're they're not an easy target. I'm going to look for an easier target." All right? So I recommend that you actually have an external flashlight. Now, you can use the flashlight that is mounted to the weapon. A lot of them you can you can relatively easily take off and use as a handheld flashlight. But are you really going to like deploy your gun to be able to get to that flashlight and then put it back together once you get inside of your vehicle? Mm, yeah, that's not going to happen, right? So when it comes to this type of a thing, if you are drawing your weapon with a flashlight, it means that you've already noticed that your attacker is a lethal threat. Because that's the only time that you're going to actually draw your weapon, which means that you've had enough illumination and visibility to see a weapon on them or their means to cause you lethal harm. Therefore, a weapon mounted light may not even be necessary at all because you probably already had enough illumination there and you can engage your attacker without the light. So it's kind of kind of not really useful in that purpose. Right. Uh, Reason number five Uh, One of the most important rules of gun safety is to never point your weapon at anything that you're not willing to poke a hole into. So with a weapon-mounted light, you're not going to want to point old Betsy toward your spouse or your kids who are feeling around on the ground trying to find the keys in the dark parking lot that when you got ambushed or you got surprised, you dropped your keys or they dropped the keys and they're looking all over the place. They can't find them because it's dark, but you've got your weapon trained on meth head who's sobbing into the pavement in the parking lot because you've got him down on the ground, you're not going to want to take your weapon off of that person and point it in the direction of innocence, especially your family. Or, or if it's a home defense scenario and you're out checking what that noise is downstairs and you've got a weapon mounted light, you're not going to want to use it to try and decide if that person coming through your window is a gangbanger or if it's your teenage daughter who got locked out of the house late at night it's not going to give you that option there, okay? Uh, Reason number six, with your weapon deployed, if the light is on, it's likely going to be positioned at your center mass as you're aiming the weapon, right? Well, that also makes for a good location positioning for your attacker to either charge you if they're they're armed with like a knife or they're just going to like bum rush you. Or if they are armed with a handgun, they can just shoot where that light is. And if they're shooting at that light and you have it, in front of you, then it's going to be in line with either your head or your center mass, most likely. So you're really kind of giving them a nice little light up target there. As opposed to if you do have it in your other hand, you can use it off to the side. It just gives you more options there. All right. Uh, reason number seven is that a weapon mounted light re- does require extra training to use it proficiently in a real fight. And to this, well, you might think, well, that's fine. Like, okay, it takes extra training, but no big deal. So I would ask you, first of all, are you really practicing as much as you would like to? Mm, I'm going to say no to most of you listening. To some of you that are going to the gun range more often, does your range even allow the lights to be turned down? I mean, can you really use it? Can you you really use it to see how well the light can be used? How long those batteries are going to last? what kind of impact that's gonna have on your sighting. Where do your eyes go if you've got a light in front of you and you're trying to use your sights? Of course, dry fire is a great solution to that. So you can practice at home with dry fire. But again, I have to ask you, are you really doing it? Are you really dry firing? Yeah, I thought not. Okay, reason number eight. Unless your light automatically comes on when you raise your weapon, I have to ask, dude, I don't even think they do that, right? Like, I don't, I've never seen one that does that. Maybe, you, I know there are some with like a pressure switch that will allow it to come on when you bring it up. But most of them have some sort of activator switch on them that you can use with one or, you know, it's either on the side of the light or behind the light. And you have to consciously turn it on after you're drawing. So if you are drawing your weapon, it's because you've identified a threat that is potentially lethal and you are most likely going to be focused in on whether or not you're going to pull the trigger not necessarily are you going to be able to get your weapon out and then think to put to turn that light on now we talk about this all the time most people will are big advocate of carrying around in the chamber because they know no matter matter how many times you train to be able to draw your weapon and as you're pushing it out also rack the slide to chamber around most of the time, that's not going not to, I'm not going to say most of the time it doesn't, it doesn't happen that way, but I'm saying that chances are the adrenaline that you've got fueling through your body, you're not going to be thinking about that. And you're likely not going to do that. Same thing with a manual safety. I'm not a, I'm not a fan of manual safeties for the same reason. Are you going to remember to take it off of safe to be able to engage your target? I, you know, I've seen people under duress not be able to do that. So, are you also going to be able to turn your light on once you have drawn it? It's not going to be likely in in a, a close quarters ambush where you don't where you don't have time to react there, all right? Reason number 9, we always teach to look behind you to see if there are any other threats. So after you engage the your attacker and they're down, it doesn't stop there. You don't know if it's a multiple attacker situation, you don't know, you don't know what's behind you, so you should always scan around to left and right. and We we teach this in class, right? Um, if 80% of attacks happen in low light and you engage your attacker, I'm most likely going to need my flashlight to really see around me and identify if there are any other threats there. And I can't do that with my weapon trained in front of me to make sure that, that attacker is still down like that. You don't want to take your, your firearm off of your attacker unless you identify another attack coming from a different direction. So with a weapon-mounted light, you're going to have to move that weapon around, and I don't want to do that. I want to keep it right there on the attacker, especially if they're not really down. Like if I've got them down on the ground, and they're not like unconscious, then my fear would be if I take the light off of them, they know that their the gun is not positioned toward them. Maybe my my attention is not directed at them, and they can get up quickly and either rush me or run away or whatever. So again it, it kind of limits the it limits you on the things that we say you should be doing tactically in a real gunfight and then the final one here reason number 10 is if you're reduced to one hand which in my analysis of real gunfights and you can go look up look these up online you can look at CCTV camera attacks on on YouTube and things like that and a, most attacks do happen or I'm sorry most Most times when somebody does deploy a gun in close quarters, it's done with one hand. Which is why we teach as like a pillar of our close quarters combat shooting system that one-handed firearm operation is kind of is kind of the pillar. Like you start from there and then you pull back from there. Then you can add more support to it. But if you are naturally going to be reduced to one hand shooting, then you're going to want to train that way or, or use that as the basis of your firearms training. If you have a weapon-mounted light and you don't have the other hand to be able to to turn that light on, then you're not going to have that weapon-mounted light available to you anyway. And in that case, I might want to have my other my other hand to be able to get to the light so that I can deploy it. And I can use it for all the purposes that we teach and how to use a flashlight for tactical purposes in a in a real gunfight uh, there as well. Uh, now, I know that with a lot of these activator sy- systems, you can use your trigger finger to activate the light switch, but that is usually inside of the trigger guard a lot of times. And if you do that, I mean, we're also taught to keep your finger off the trigger until you're ready to engage a target. So if it is there and you have a reflexive squeeze, you might end up discharging your weapon without thinking about it, just reflexively, and that bullet might not be going where you want it to go. So again, one-handed operation of this light makes things a lot trickier to be able to do it at all, but then also to be able to make the right decision of when it's time to pull that trigger, okay? Well, those are my top 10 reasons why you should not use, or why, well, let me just say that, why I don't use a weapon-mounted light. Um, But I know a lot of you out there do have a weapon-mounted flashlight, so I want to hear from you. Do you have 10 reasons that'll convince me not to? Do you have one really good reason to convince me to attach a weapon to my light for concealed carry? I'm always looking to have my opinions changed because I just want to be the best protector for the people that I love and protect. And if you've got something that's going to help me, I want to hear it. So you can leave a comment uh, where you see this podcast or wherever you enjoy your podcast, but over at warriorlifepodcast.com. We'll take you over directly to the podcast episodes on our website, or you can just go on over to warriorlife.com and leave a comment there. You'll find it there as well. Or if you really have a really good tip, or if I missed out on something and I end up using your tip, then we will actually reward you for that. And you can go over to warriorlifetips.com and you can submit your either your question or a tip that you have related to any of the things that we talk about on the Warrior Life channel. Again, we reward you with a special little gift in the mail if we end up using your question or your tip in any one of our channels our Facebook page our YouTube channel, our podcast, or our blog. All right, so we'd love to hear from you. Head on over there and uh, submit it now. And until our next broadcast, this is Jeff Anderson for warriorlife.com saying prepare, train, and survive. <laughs> Train, survive.